Is this you? You open up a Big Mac, you take a big bite, you uh, have another bite, and then you look down and the thing's gone. You wonder, how did, I, how did I eat that so quickly? There could be a scientific reason for that. Pizza and chocolate could be just as addicting as drugs and alcohol, according to a new study. Joining us on the program, Dr. Nicole Avina. She's a nutritional expert and study co-author. Welcome to the program. Hi, nice to be here. So you uh, performed a study that has come to the conclusion that maybe these junk food and these overprocessed foods that we love and we crave could be as addictive for us as uh, alcohol and drugs. They do the same thing to our brain. Tell us the goal of the study. Yeah, so the goal of the study was actually built upon studies that we've been working on and other researchers have been working on for quite a few years now to try to understand how foods affect the brain. And so what we found in this particular study was that it seems that the types of foods that we tend to overeat, like those that are highly processed, have lots of added sugars and fats, can produce changes that are associated with addiction, not only behaviorally, but also in the brain. And so this speaks to the fact that, like you said, many people find it that they're compelled to overeat lots mm-hmm. of these delicious foods, and this helps to understand why. What happens in the brain? Well, much like what happens with drugs of abuse, like things like morphine or nicotine or alcohol, when we eat these highly processed foods, it releases dopamine in the pleasure centers of the brain. And for some individuals, that can lead to this cycle that can produce addiction. And it can be difficult for people to say no to those foods, just like it can be difficult for people to say no to alcohol or other drugs if they're addicted. So your cravings are telling you something. They sure are. And, you know, it's important because cravings can be a natural part of life. I mean, we crave foods that, you know, we like or foods that maybe um, we need because we're deficient in some nutrient that that food might have. Like iron, for instance, if you're craving iron, you might, or craving a hamburger, maybe you need a little bit of iron. But when it comes to the foods that we tend to overeat, those are more hedonic cravings. So we're really just kind of craving the pleasure that those foods are going to give us. You tested 35 foods, and maybe you could break down some of those foods and and how you decided that they would go in the study, because 35 foods, that's not a lot. No, this is so this is a first of hopefully many studies that's going to look at much larger sets of different foods because part of the challenge is that we have so many foods in our food environment to choose from. I mean, you go into a grocery store and the options are just endless. And so we focused on 35 foods just to start off that varied in their texture, in their flavors, in their consistency, and whether or not they're considered healthy or unhealthy. Um, and so this was meant to really just kind of give us the beginnings of understanding which foods in our food environment are the ones that are problematic and may be associated with addictive eating. And which ones were uh, the the foods that came back saying, oh, these are ringing some bells. These are off the chart for addictive food eating. <laughs> yeah. So it's, it's not surprising. Um, so the number one food that came back as being identified as problematic associated with addiction was pizza. Mm. And again, when we looked at the properties of the foods in terms of which ones were identified as being addictive, it seems that the level of processing is the feature that's most highly associated with the food being identified as addictive. So the more highly processed the food, the more likely it was to be identified as addictive. This isn't shocking. It's not. But you know what? That's why it's important to have these types of studies, because although we all kind of know that pizza is addictive and chocolate is addictive, we need the empirical research to really know that, you know, this is what's happening in our brains and our bodies. You have the numbers. I have a problem with chips. Where do they feature on the addiction scale? 
Yeah, chips are high up there. Mm. Chips are actually number two. They were tied with chocolate for number two. And then followed by that was cookies and ice cream. What were the least associated with addictive like eating behaviors? Kale? The least as- it, pretty much, yeah. So the things that you would expect to be, um, you know, least associated with addictive behaviors are the ones that ended up popping up in the research study is showing that. So the of the again, we only looked at 35 foods. So that's important to remember. Cucumber was the least addictive, followed by carrots, beans, and then apples. Right. I understand brown rice also. <laughs> Not right, brown rice. The, yep, the, the, uh, the bottom five, that rounds that out. So you said this is the first of several studies. What are you looking to study next? Yeah, so I think that the next step is to better understand, you know, which other foods might fall into these different categories so we can understand the properties of these foods. And so looking at a larger set of samples of foods so that we can better understand, you know, which foods might be addictive for the everyday person. I think that's the the next step for us. Do we have to start looking at overeating um, as not just indulging, but possibly as an addiction? I think so, for sure. There's been so many studies that have been going on over the past 15 years that have pointed to this, suggesting that overeating has biological effects that look much like what you would see with an addiction to drugs of abuse. And so I think the onus of having it be on the person as not having self-control or being, you know, unable to, you know, just stop eating these foods that are bad for them isn't really a good argument anymore because we now know that it can produce changes in the brain that maybe make it difficult for someone to cut back on, much like it is difficult for someone to stop drinking alcohol if they're an alcoholic. Could your study then lead to the government looking at, you know, overprocessed foods as something that they would categorize as dangerous as, you know, a drugs or alcohol? Well, I think, you know, we're, we're probably a long ways from that. But I think that the goal is to really help get the people who are eating these foods more informed. And in the United States, where we're based, we're starting to see some changes in that direction. So we have some policy changes for our nutrition facts label, where now companies need to disclose how much added sugar is in the products based on the percentage of daily recommended sugar. And so for many companies, that's a problem because, you know, some of these foods that we're identifying as addictive, like the cookies and the cakes, they have 200% of the daily recommended value of added sugar. And so now companies need to disclose that. And so that's the type of information that's going to be helpful to people so they can make better food choices and make better decisions about what they're eating. Doctor, I appreciate you coming on and talking about your study. It's interesting stuff. Thanks so much. Okay, thank you. All right. I'm going to rethink those chips as I walk by today. I'll be looking at the aisle going, nope, you are my crack. I will continue to go on. By the way, here's my documentation. It's a great documentary. It's called Sugar Hill from 1994. And it's about... Um, how the American uh, businesses and you know that that work with sugar lobbied the government to hide some of the the nefarious facts about sugar and c- consumption of sugar.